0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Shitty Book Reports, where the reports are shitty, but the books are not. I'm Trevor Clifford. I'm here with Mark Gagne. How are you feeling today, Mark? Mark? MARK! Wow, you guys have no idea how long I've been waiting to do that. Uh, That idea came to me when we first started maybe talking about doing solo episodes, which has actually been longer in the making than you think. We're celebrating a special occasion because Mark is not with me today because he recently became a father. We don't always talk about our personal lives here on Shitty Book Reports, but I'll leave it at that. Mark is not with me today on this episode because he's a little busy right now, um, as you can imagine. So congratulations to Mark. I'm sure our small listener base will be celebrating with you in the birth of your daughter. Um, To get right down to it, this is the first of what uh, we're calling a mini-sode, which is basically one person isn't available, but the other person is. Um, And basically what I'm going to be doing today, I'm trying to keep it short and sweet, trying to keep it, uh, you know, in the form of a shitty book report. And my idea for my first mini-sode is, um, you guys have heard me talk on the podcast before about how there's probably no perfect way for me to cover... Proust, um, the famous novelist, French novelist. Uh, he wrote seven books that are collectively considered one novel called *In Search of Lost Time*, sometimes translated as *Remembrance of Things Past*. We'll get at we'll get into that in a second. But I figured, you know, I've always been so nervous about covering Proust and it's like, oh, if I do an episode about Proust, it'll have to be, you know, a three hour long. Like, basically, I was building it up in my mind that it wasn't going to be a shitty book report. It was going to be something that was like so representative of who, who I think is God among men of novelists and stuff like that. And then I decided, you know, this opportunity of recording an episode without Mark. I could do something truly in the spirit of a shitty book report, and I'm not going to try to cover all of Proust all at once. I'm not going to try to make it some master document that introduces you and blows your mind to the world of In Search of Lost Time. Basically, I'm just going to read small sections for these minisodes. Um, Not too long, just picking out certain quotes, cherry picking, just different things throughout the books. Um, that I think are significant that we can that I can talk about for you know probably under 30 minutes which is u- my usual allotted time of the half of each shitty book report episode. So um, let's get right down to it. who is Proust you've definitely heard me talk about him on the podcast before um, He was born in 1871. he's a total rich kid he's famous for his extreme lack of health and he's sort of like the novelist novelist. And I say that in a way that like the cookie crumbled for Proust in a way that he's like the perfect kind of like fantasy of, you know, he, he was born in 1871. Uh The first, um you know, book of In Search of Lost Time, which is called Swan's Ways is, is published in 1913. And we know enough about him to be obsessed with him, but probably not as much as we would know in 2020 to cancel him or something like that because he is a bit of a creeper sometimes. Um, But he's like this novelist novelist because... He's like the perfect kind of combination of like an introvert and an extrovert. He was sort of like a socialite going to parties and stuff. But then the end of his life is sort of this massive explosion of what everyone truly, every person who's a writer truly wishes, you know, in secret that they were living the extremely unhealthy uh, life of Proust where his health starts to decline somewhere Um you know i think in like his like 40s or something like that he stops going to parties he stops being a crazy paris socialite and he starts writing this novel that is like the grandest of all novels it's literally about time itself it's less about characters and it is about the mm, space that exists in between people places time and things That probably sounds a little bit confusing. And for some people, you know, you can just describe that book. And for a lot of people, they'll just say, hell no. All I want to hear is like a good story with good characters. And that's it. Um, If you're not one of those people, if you're somebody who can enjoy a novelist just for the style of their writing. Um, you know, a lot of pension people are like that, where it's like, okay, yeah, there's millions of characters and nothing really makes sense. But if you enjoy the way that he writes, then you're basically just along for the ride. if you're someone who can get into that, then there's really like the, 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 the praise behind In Search of Lost Time is one of those things where you start out with a chip on your shoulder saying, oh, I don't know if this is going to be as great as everyone thinks it is. And then over time, as you develop a relationship to the book... It becomes like absolutely insane the depth of if you're that type of reader who can get into that. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of worship being thrown around about Proust. Um, Some of it deserves some of it not, especially because just depending on the type of reader you are. Um, But I happen to be the type of reader that, you know, for whatever reason, Big books aren't scary, love big books because there's more of them to enjoy. And Proust had a lot to say, and he wasn't a succinct person. That's the thing. you know, like there's the Hemingways and the Mishimas and all the different people that we talk about where it's like, oh, yes, their writing is very succinct. Their writing is so, um, you know, straight to the point. Proust is not straight to the point. There's no way that he would ever even try to be straight to the point because what he's talking about is literally time itself. Um, And I think you'll see that as I pull out these snippets and these mini-sodes, just how kind of convoluted his writing is. Um, Another cool thing that makes him sort of like a novelist novelist is, you know, Swan's Way is published in 1913. It's got the classic story of... It was rejected like a dozen times by all these different publishers like no one wants anything to do with this weird guy who writes like 10 pages about you know waking up like the first 15 pages of the book I think are about him waking up as a child and a lot of people were like what the hell dude we don't get it. Um, so he's one of the rare cases where he actually self-published you know like in today's era that would be like self-publishing your book on amazon and just saying you know go for it and he published his first novel himself in 1913 he obviously he had friends he was like a rich kid so he had friends in the literary circle already in paris and to a lot of people that was embarrassing like they were like dude you published your own book like you paid for the binding yourself like That's not how you gain respect. Like you can't just like write whatever you want and then put it out there. And lo and behold, you know, the book has been translated and edited, you know, a few different times by a few different groups of people. Um, But lo and behold, you know, what Proust put out in Swan's Way the first time people really started reading it and they were like, holy shit, like this guy has the gold, Um, but it takes a certain type of person to get into it. And then from there, like I said, the novelist novelist, he spends the rest of his life, you know, s- several years locked away in one room writing a 7,000 page novel about time. So, you know, it's it's sort of like one of those things where if, if the pretentious, if you have a sensitive meter for the pretentious and what I'm saying right now is having you running for the hills, then maybe um, In Search of Lost Time is not for you, but if you're not running away and maybe you're curious about, wow, there's like these books out there that could be a lifelong companion of mine, then you should get into it. And that's another thing that I would say, like before I dive into this reading and start explaining more about Proust, he definitely is sort of like a companion for life I am, you can hear in my voice and just in the way I talk about him on the podcast, like I love Bruce. I'm obsessed with him. The only book that I've fully read 100% is actually Swan's Way, the first one. I'm in the, I'm in like the last quarter of what is sometimes translated as Within a Budding Grove and other times it's translated as In the Shadow of Young Girls and Flower or something like that. Very convoluted titles, very convoluted sentences in these books. Um, it's a journey. It's really, it's also because the lack of like, de- like super defined characters doesn't really matter in the books. I personally have found that I can read half of a Proust novel, go read an entire other book in between, then pick up right where I left off. Maybe I'll go back a chapter if I feel like it, but really I can start in the middle of a paragraph and just be like, damn, this guy's crazy. Cause all you really need to know is that the setup is for all of these novels is the basic setup of like almost every literary career where it's like the thing that he's writing is semi-autobiographical so some of it is going to be true from his life most of it is not going to be true and it's an amalgamation of all these different people he knows but every like for instance swan's way the first novel incredibly complex incredibly about you know all these emotions and how like when you grow up you know you can never go back home again and like all these crazy things and it's basically at the at its core though it's only a subplot of him talking about his own life and then he this guy that his dad knew who he has a crush on his daughter like there's a 400 page book out there that's just about that and that's kind of crazy um you know but it works if you get into it it really works if you get into it another thing that you know, makes him, again, that novelist. Novelist is the story supposedly behind his explosion of passion, which, again, was later in life. He wasn't one of these guys who was like, I wrote my first book when I was 18. I'm so awesome. I think he, you know, in 1913, I can't do the math in my head that quickly, but he was, like, in his 30s or something when he finally decided, like, okay, I'm going to stop being a rich piece of crap, you know, because he didn't have to worry about money his whole life. And then he's like, I'm going to, you know, batten down the hatches and actually write something amazing. But that epiphany supposedly came, and this is like the famous scene that's somewhere in like the middle of Swan's Way. You'll definitely hear it, you know, referenced in in other like, you know, literary things is um, the explosion of the epiphany of the novel supposedly came from when he dunked, uh, you know, there, there's a little French cookie called madeleines and he dunked a madeleine into some tea and ate it at his mom's house when he was, you know, in his thirties or something. And his mind like exploded with these memories of like childhood, that taste and that smell and everything. And then he was like, okay, I'm off to the races and I'm gonna write a 7,000 page novel about time and memory. And if that's something that kind of interests you then you should definitely check him out. And if it interests you even a little bit then you'll start to understand like, okay, there really is something here. There's not like, You know, I think I think, you know, part of this podcast has also been as we pick up different classics and stuff. I definitely felt this. I talked about this when I read Madame Bovary. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, Madame Bovary is supposed to be some classic book. Like, let's read it. And then when you read it, it's like, wow, it's definitely a classic for a reason. And Proust is definitely like that, too, where it's like, you know, the people haven't. But he hasn't been taking up 7000 pages of binding space uh, in the bookstores for over a hundred years for no reason like <laughs> you know once you get into it it's you're there for life and you you're ready to read even different translations or different like different kind of things I actually am kind of a defender of there's like these translations by this guy I'm holding in my hand right now called CK Scott Moncrief and he was the only single person to translate all of Proust into English and he himself was a little bit of a genius um, but a lot of people disagree with his translations because they're a little bit wacky. Some of Proust's reputation for run-on sentences and really confusing shit kind of comes from the English translation of Proust by Moncrief. But I kind of dual worship both of them because the the kind of like the combination that came together out of his translations is really amazing. But also, I have to kind of like give that with a grain of salt, because when I go and look at other translations, like there's, there's another f- like famous more modern translation that is a little bit less page count, a little bit less dense by I think Lydia Davis and a group of other people who translated um, In Search of Lost Time. And when I look at my favorite quotes like Moncrief versus the newer editions, It's like the same idea is there. So it's like kind of stupid, like when people are like, oh, like it's so different or whatever. And he was actually more succinct. That's not really true. Like the basic still like core concept is there where it's like, okay, this is one of my favorite quotes. Now I'm gonna see if Moncrief like butchered it. And it's almost never the case. Like it's actually never the case. Like it's just a different way of saying the same thing because Bruce was a really complicated guy. And obviously, you know, French into English, English into French there's going to be some differences in what people think is, is the truth. So, um, let me just dive like doing this first mini. So doing it by myself, I just thought I would read the very first paragraph of Swan's way. I've literally read this to other people, like in my life, just like, Hey, if you want to check out Bruce, like this first paragraph is totally very representative actually of you know, Proust, and actually I think maybe something that I'll do towards the end of this episode is maybe I'll do the, uh, the thing that me and Mark do sometimes where I do first sentence, last sentence, because I wouldn't be surprised if Proust was succinct in that way, even though people say he's long-winded. So let's dive into it. I'm gonna read the first paragraph, which is about half a page long, and you'll see, um, you know, you'll get maybe used to his winding sentences. So this begins, it's called Overture. The very first sentence of In Search of Lost Time, the very first paragraph. For a long time, I used to go to bed early. Sometimes when I had put out my candle, my eyes would close so quickly that I had not even time to say, I'm going to sleep. And half an hour later, the thought that it was time to go to sleep would awaken me. I would try to put away the book, which I imagined was still in my hands and to blow out the light. I had been thinking all the time while I was asleep of what I had just been reading, but my thoughts had run into a channel of their own until I myself seemed actually to have become the subject of my book, a church, a quartet, the rivalry between Francois I and Charles V. This impression would persist for some moments after I was awake. It did not disturb my mind, but it lay like scales upon my eyes and prevented them from registering the fact that the candle was no longer burning. Then it would begin to seem unintelligible, as the thoughts of a former existence must be to a reincarnate spirit, the subject of my book would separate itself from me, leaving me free to choose whether I would form of it, form a part of it or no. And at the same time, my sight would return, and I would be astonished to find myself in a state of darkness, pleasant and restful enough for the eyes, and even more, perhaps, for the mind, to which it appeared incomprehensible, without a cause, a matter dark indeed. Um... That's literally just a few run-on sentences of Proust waking up in his bed when he was a child. Um, It's a little bit of a preamble to the beginning of Swan's Way where he introduced you to his family and how he was a bit of a mama's boy, which was true life. He was a bit of a mama's boy. And, um, you know, there are just so many fascinating things to study, not only about Proust's psychology, but... Um, about the psychology behind the psychology, like he'll talk about things in the mind and sleep and time and all these different things. I mean, literally in the first sentence of the book, think about how he said, "Then it would seem to be seem unintelligible as the thoughts of a former existence must be to a reincarnate spirit." I mean, that's you know the heavy stuff is. And that's the amazing thing about swan's way it's probably my most underlined and studied and highlighted book and that's why i think i can do these mini episodes like this because i'll just be able to find one of my highlighted or underlined pages and me trying to understand it but also you could just make a whole freaking podcast episode or maybe half a podcast episode about you know just little things that he says is like damn like Waking up is apparently like in his mind comparable to perhaps what a reincarnated spirit would feel after death. Um, And that's just one paragraph. That's the first paragraph of the book. He hasn't even woken up yet. Um, You know, so that's like a little bit of a preview into the way that Proust writes and the deepness that, that lies um, within, but, I mean, I guess it's just all to say that, you know, I want to explore in these mini episodes, you know, just give you guys a bit of an update. We've been gone for a little while. And I think that there's, I settled on this because there's just no perfect way to cover Proust when he's really like that dense in every paragraph. Another cool thing that I like to think of is Proust, um, that kind of helped me get into him a little bit. I think you guys have heard me um, talk before about the show Downton Abbey, Um, you know, Americans are critically undereducated about World War One. We literally have like no idea what it was about. Um, it's not really in our history books because we weren't the badass heroes like the end of World War II, and I'm still not even sure about that. But you know, we don't really know much about World War One. So when I watched um, this turn of the century show, Downton Abbey. That gave me so much more of an education into like what was going on and how like the aristocracy of Europe and the in the United Kingdom was kind of like slowly aging. I mean, literally, their house is slowly becoming a museum uh, throughout the later seasons of uh, Downton Abbey. And I think it placed a turn of the century kind of feeling in my mind that I hadn't really been totally educated about, um, you know, when I first watched that series. And I can say, you know, kind of for certain, even though there's, like, the heightened drama and the deep kind of, like, characters of Downton Abbey, if you enjoy that atmosphere and you enjoy that, like, turn of the century kind of thing, like, I've talked about Emile Zola before, he was a French novelist, he knew Proust, They they knew of each other, and I think they even knew each other well, um... If you're into that type of setting and you can get along with that, Brideshead Revisited* is another one that I covered that's like sort of that turn of the century from like 1800s to 1900s into the 20th century. Proust is like the absolute master of that time period. You know, like Zola was writing this like thing that was like supposed to be like a reimagining of the human comedy for that time. Um from balzac but proust is like the one where he was like nah i don't need to cover a whole generation what i need to do is figure out how to represent time and emotions of what's happening right now just between like a few people and i'm just going to be the master of just that and he was definitely the master like if you liked *Downton Abbey* and those type of settings then proust is basically like that except the Plot development is slowed down to like, you know, if Proust was a movie, it would be shot like in a high frame rate, super slow motion, because every tiny little detail is like him intensely exploring it. But those revelations, like in that first paragraph that I just said, you know, waking up is like being a reincarnated spirit from a past life. It's literally every few pages. I mean, it's like you're reading some sort of Downton Abbey drama, about like, oh, yeah, that lady's stuck up or like that or like this person is that um but folded into it are these massive massive revelations about like time and your memories and and it's also one of those crazy things where when you're reading it you're like there there's like these universal human truths about memory and time and like you know all these different things of these feelings and stuff another amazing thing that i would love to cover in another mini episode too is that Proust does not get talked enough about as being a huge LGBT author. He, not only he himself, was like a homosexual who was like closeted and blah, blah, blah. You know how that all is at the turn of the century. Um, But his writing itself has like intense stories about Um, same-sex lovers that are kind of shrouded in those complex sentences so you're sort of like wait what's going on or like what's this thing happening but if you read and reread he's like this really intense author about arguing for LGBT human rights like very early on and just being like very insightful about almost every aspect of human emotions so um, you know if I haven't hard sold you enough yet in a 20-minute lecture about Proust in this mini-episode hopefully I will be able to in other ones that was just the first opening paragraph. Um, like I said, I think I'll do a first last of Swan's way and then I'll get to my one star review. I don't want to take up everyone's time with a whole hour, um, on Proust, but obviously I could keep going. Um, So actually the first sentence is very succinct. It doesn't really bleed into as much as like how I read it. So let's do, let me make sure that I find the last page of Swan's Way. Because I actually have the double bound editions. I think they're from Barnes and Noble. So I have like three bound books that are all seven novels. Um, And let me see. Yeah, so first and last page. Let's see if, uh, if... Proust is very succinct. So first sentence, for a long time I used to go to bed early. Last sentence, none of them was ever more than a thin slice held between the contiguous impressions that composed our life at that time. Remembrance of a particular form is but regret for a particular moment and houses, roads, avenues are as fugitive, alas, as the years. That might've been a little bit of a spoiler, but if you start reading Swan's Way and then get to that end at the ending, I mean, the idea that houses, roads, and avenues are as fugitive, alas, as the years, meaning that they can slip away from you. I mean, I remember reading that last sentence when I first finished a complete comprehension of this book by, you know, underlining things and highlighting things and marking things down in my book. And when I read that last sentence, it hit me like a fucking truck. Like, it's just so crazy, you know, how good, how, where he can take you um, with just a few characters and his incredibly specific emotional memory um it's just mind-blowing and again the novelist novelist sitting in his room just typing this shit out you know by hand i think a lot of it was by hand Um, i've seen some of those original proofs in a museum somewhere and you know no one can come for proofs so i mean that's why he's the novelist novelist and just all around just amazing. So if you want to check him out, you definitely should. There's probably going to be more minisodes where I just take out little quotes from Proust. Um, but this was an introduction. Probably next time I'll just get more into it and summarize his crazy life less. Which, by the way, is fucking crazy. I've read two Proust biographies and there's some shit in there that will make you uncomfortable um, if it's true. But... It is what it is. People from the turn of the century were different than we are now. I have a one-star review from Jason in Goodreads. He said, I didn't really get the cookie thing. Seriously, dude, just grab some ding-dongs and move on. I think the stuff about the Lady Madeleine was also really confusing. I read maybe 15 pages before skimming a bunch. Full stop. Um, Unfortunately, Jason, you missed out on a lifelong companion. Um, You can carry around this book like a baby, sort of like Infinite Jest, but times seven. And... uh, yeah check out proust uh obviously if i haven't sold them enough to you already then you're never going to check them out um but if you do you know let me know in the comments of twitter or you know let's just start talking about it because i've honestly there, i'm actually on an email list where i want to join a Proust reading group that reads it every few years um in my area and those things are around too you can take tours of paris that have to do with all the different locations you can take tours of france um, there are Proust readers out there so uh, find your tribe if you're interested because you can go on it you know for for a lifetime. Uh, thanks for listening everyone. this has been the first mini episode uh, number one of shitty book reports you can find us. Most every week, uh, we just took a massive break, but as I said at the beginning, it was for a good reason. But you can find us most every week on Spotify, SoundCloud, Instagram, and Twitter at SBRThePodcast. You can also email us, at, sbrthepodcast at gmail.com, Give us comments, suggestions, corrections, and whatever you're feeling. And hopefully I'll see you and Mark next time.